Feliz Navidad! Welcome everyone to another episode of Fractured Skulls, episode 174? Jeez. That many? That many. Be lucky it's the 12 days of Christmas, not the 174 days. Yeah, because I don't have a true love to give it to me. <laughs> and there's no partridge in this fucking pear tree. Terminator Travis alongside Monoxide. It is Thursday night, December 21st, 2023. By the time I get this episode out, it'll probably be Christmas. So, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Merry Christmas to you, Monoxide. Merry Christmas. Although, isn't it politically incorrect to say Merry Christmas to me, even if I celebrate it? You're supposed to say, Happy Holidays. Could you imagine the nightmare before holidays or uh, a holiday story or a holiday carol? You know, there, you know, there was a school that banned Christmas. I believe it. I do believe it. Now, the same school also has, uh, I guess, dare I say, rainbow colors everywhere. Oh, gee, what a surprise. Would, would it happen to involve those said rainbow colors i would assume a lot are there but that's i didn't read too much into it i saw it in a news headline I'm like oh i don't want to read any more of this uh probably all those people that operate in that school and their x profiles they have their pronouns yeah you know and they probably share all over their tiktoks well we're gonna try to get 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 ourselves in a better mood because we got a movie film to review and it's a foreign movie but we'll get to that in a few short moments. We got some news stories. Let's check it out. Well, I guess we'll get this one started first. We're going to head over to Disney. Oh, why? <laughs> just Is this going to be a tradition that every week we got to find a Disney story and then get us all wound up? Well, yeah, because they keep putting themselves in a situation well in this case you can't really blame them this goes to the actor himself jonathan majors oh yeah i heard this go ahead yes he's been let go by uh marvel studios jonathan majors was slated to be the the next big baddie uh kang the conqueror well that's no longer happening because he has been fired due to his uh, uh, domestic abuse charges he's had against him since what late march April around there that time when it first came out and they made it seem like it was going to be a one and done kind of thing but uh it, again it, we waited so long for this to happen I guess it wasn't as easy as the lawyers thought and then there's been a he's finally had his day in court and he's been found guilty 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 we find a defendant guilty but here's the thing I think he was charged for like three things and was only found guilty for one of them and I think the one that he was found guilty of was a uh, domestic threat or some shit. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he was uh, arrested for assault, strangulation, and harassment charges. And I think he was found guilty for the harassment charges, but I'm not sure about the other ones. Well, they did release an audio tape of him, like, ranting to his girlfriend. And he was, right. like, pairing himself to, like, MLK. I'm like, or he wants to, like, be an influence. Like, dude, you're a fucking actor. Like, yeah, the guy is very full of himself. Yeah, yeah. This is this is similar to Juicy Smouye saying he's the gay Tupac. All right, <laughs> come on. You, you no, no. You you're an actor who played an important role in the Marvel universe. But that being said, um, wasn't there a clip of him being chased by this said girl? 
Yeah, this is, I mean, look, there's no innocent party on either side. I think they're both, I mean, obviously these two are very toxic for each other. It, it just wasn't meant to be. There were clips that the, I think she was like chasing him in New York City. And why she decided she just continuously running after him, I don't know. It's, I mean, all you gotta do is add in a little Benny Hill music and it'll be comedy gold. Yeah, the, the, this whole thing is like the J- Johnny Depp Amber Heard story. Ah, uh, I wouldn't compare her to Amber Heard. I'm just saying it's not on that level because well, I mean clearly the, I mean because Amber you're misconstruing Hurt. you're misconstruing where I'm going with this where okay. I'm going with this is, is that when the first story first broke out with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard what was the first thing that came to everybody's mind Amber Heard is innocent Johnny Depp is guilty and the same thing here this girl is innocent this man is guilty and then we come to find out it's a little bit of a gray area because Johnny Depp wasn't a hundred percent innocent in his right he was just way more innocent than amber heard he was just as toxic he's just he's a drug what do you want it's johnny depp and jonathan majors he just doesn't think straight because he said some stupid shit like comparing himself to martin luther king like come on yeah but you know i think amber heard really fucked it up for all the women in the future because she it's because the way the mainstream media handled the whole johnny depp situation they immediately like had him canceled. Yeah. Oh, you know, it, you know, we're, we're on her side. Johnny Depp is a guilty one, and the people that stood for Johnny Depp was the internet, because more stories started coming up. And it's like, wait a minute, why, why are we ridiculing this man? Not just the internet, but all of his ex-girlfriends came out and basically said that he, they never were a victim of abuse by Johnny Depp, and. The fact that you, of all people, you, the special Amber Heard, just happened to be abused by this man. And with all that stuff that came out on court where she shat on his bed, just to get at him is just mind-boggling to how spiteful this person was. Now, in the case of Jonathan Majors, his the difference is, is that Johnny Depp's career seems to have resurged since all this because it was found that he was innocent. He was innocent. I mean, he hasn't come back to the big screens yet, but, I mean, it's baby steps. It is baby steps, but his reputation... He's still still recovering from that. That's the thing with these allegations. I mean, you brought up the George Lopez episode. Once these things come on you, it's very hard to scrub these these issues to go away. Oh, you're talking about the one where, uh, what's his, his daughter got accused of being a whore? Yeah. Yeah. Because the whole episode was she was accused of being a whore. And even though the kid came out and said to the principal, yeah, I made all that shit up. It didn't matter. Now she's the class school whore, regardless if she never slept with anybody. And she's always going to be treated that way. And it got to the point where in the show, they had to take her out of that school and put her in a private school. Yeah, yeah. it's done. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, stuff like that, the damage can be damning. The thing is with Johnny Depp, though, what helps is that this was such a high-profile case. This went off like six weeks. So imagine like a majority of the time, Amber Heard is just getting bombarded with, I don't know if slander is the right term, but people are just on her case for being such a shitty human being. Yeah, she she became probably the most hated person of America before Jada Pinkett said, you know, hold my wig. But uh, Amber Heard currently lives in Spain. She had to leave the country because of all the heat she was getting. And I don't think we have to worry about her ever again. Well, for now. For now. 
But with John the Major, still, still going to be in that Aquaman movie, apparently. John the Majors looks he's like he's not on the level of Johnny Depp, obviously. Well, no, he does not have the pedigree that Johnny Depp has. Like Johnny Depp, by the time all this came out, he were, was already like a legend with his debut on Nightmare on Elm Street, with Edward Scissorhands, with uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, with What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, I don't know if this is considered a legendary movie, but um, one I remember was Secret Window. Underrated. What's up? Underrated. Maybe that's a movie. Or, or not, a, not a, one movie not a lot of people talk about, but I remember enjoying that. Should definitely do that. That was based off of Stephen King's book Bones, I think. Mm-hmm. Or Bag of Bones, I think it was called. But well, yeah, the um, point was, you know, this year it started off like Jonathan Major was going to be like the next. You would have thought he would have been the next Denzel. Yeah. When he had the red cover premiere from Ant Man Three, you could tell the media like was like Jonathan Majors. This is this is our next big baddie. This is Kang, and clearly, you know, with Disney, they were trying to make a star out of him, having having the red carpet hype him up as his next big guy, and then apparently there was a rumor that as soon as the allegations went down, Disney already had plans to move on from him, going going as far back as April. And they waited until the verdict dropped, and once he was found guilty, they it's like they immediately they had it ready. They had they announced that you know they fired him. Well, yeah, it's really hard to fight off the guilty verdict. Even I, if, I don't blame them for firing him because he was guilty. I understand you don't want someone part like that part of your Disney image. If you're supposed to be family friendly, you got this guy slapping women around. I, I get it, but. Again, was he charged with slapping? Because as far as I remember, he was charged with the domestic part. Mm-hmm. Where he was, yeah, saying some real foul shit to her. I don't, again, everything I'm saying could be wrong. I, I didn't really study in, but I, if I'm correct, he was only found guilty of one of the three charges. But it, it regardless, it, it hurt his career, bar none. He shouldn't have said the stupid shit that he said in that damn phone call. Because that's mainly what hurt him and, and any innocence he may have had. That phone call just made him look like the complete idiotic imbecile that he can be when in that moment. Like, come on. Yeah, so they said um, as a result of uh, the sentence, he's supposed to possibly do one year in prison, which I doubt if, he's, if he does any time in prison. He'll probably just get a slap in the wrist and probably do some community service or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. And uh, that'll be that. But as for Jonathan Majors as a major movie star, I think those days are over. I still think he's going to do acting. He might, he may do indie films here and there. That's probably going to be his best bet if he ever wants to make some sort of a comeback. But it's going to be very hard because, you know, in today's climate, good luck. Yeah. And... What of the 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 Kang character that Marvel had built up for so long? Like, what are they going to do with that now? Um, there's rumors that they may miscast, miscast. They may recast. There's rumors that um they already want to move on from Kang. They're just not going to address him. I'm really not sure because they already because the next Avengers movie is supposed to be set around Kang. I mean, this whole this next phase of movie, Kang's supposed to be the big baddie, and now he's gone. Now you don't have a big baddie. Will they pull a Palpatine somehow? Palpatine return with Thanos? That was a fan theory. They go Star Wars with it. <laughs> I 
I don't know. Cause I mean, at the I mean, honestly, I really don't care because they they've killed all the all the hype that I've ever had for this franchise within the past couple of years with what they've been doing. And I, and I mean, Major is getting caught. You know, all this happening to him doesn't affect me personally. But who the hell knows, man? I mean, the only thing I know is that now with the now with them bringing in the X Men, they want him. Uh, they want the X Men to be more female centered, because you know, and they may. Pr- Don't be surprised if they change the name from X Men to X Mutants or something. Oh, of course. Or X Men. Or X is in the app X. Um, but just to clarify, yeah, it was said that he was found guilty of one count of reckless assault in the third degree and a charge of harassment as a violation. He was acquitted of the charge of assault and aggravated harassment. So, yeah, I don't see him doing any jail time. He'll probably, like I said, he'll just get a slap on the wrist. Pretty much. That's what I think, personally. Yeah, but I know he's supposed to have another movie. He was supposed to have another movie coming out. It was supposed to be distributed through uh, Searchlight Pictures, which is a sister company for Disney. It was supposed to come out, I, think, I believe it was supposed to come out last month. But with this whole trial thing going on, they ended up postponing it. And now, who the hell knows when it's going to come out? If it ever does. If it ever does. Uh, and with all the money that Disney's losing, are they going to want to... Well, then again, hold up, hold up. We're talking about Disney, and they haven't learned their lesson, so... Who knows how much money they want to start keep losing? I mean, and with the Marvels, I don't even think that movie even made past two hundred million worldwide. I mean, if they did, they were probably crawling through glass just to get to that number. <laughs> crawling through gl- glass just so that they can get at least two hundred million. And that's that was a gigantic flop. Yeah, that put a lot of butts in the seats. Yeah. I mean, I saw this on Twitter. The Marvel twenty Marvel's twenty twenty three lows. They fired longtime top Marvel Studios executive Victoria Alonso. Apparently, she was the one responsible for overworking all the special effect people to the point they wanted to start a union. Which is why a lot of people were complaining about the CGI in the recent Marvel movies, and it felt like it was just rushed or something happened. And now we know why, because all their workers are being overworked. Uh, Secret Invasion squanders Nick Fury's chance to shine and is generally terrible. Very underwhelming show on Disney+. And of course, we just mentioned it. The Marvels is the lowest grossing Marvel Studios movie of all time. Gee, maybe you should focus on quality over quantity. Yeah. Happy 100 years, Disney. Yeah, happy 100 years. And and, and again, was Mickey Mouse another part of your news stories? Um. Oh, yes. No, it's not. But I guess we could bring it up. Uh, public domain. Well, at least the original iteration, they said. Yes. Mickey Mouse. So I don't know if that applies to the Mickey Mouse logos and all that stuff that we know. But it's getting close, and Disney's not going to have a leg to stand on because that's their fucking bread and butter. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's going to mean for their future. That their mascot is solely going to go into public domain, but, I mean, who the hell knows? I wonder why that becomes a thing, where something just can become public domain. Don't, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of corporations go to the government and, and want to change that. Yeah, because it just seems interesting to me, because let's just say I want to create a character. I, I don't know, just create any character, whatever, and it becomes an iconic character of American history. And I want my children and my children's children to be able to make money off of that character, so when I am gone... They're going to be the CEOs that operate on that character. But now, 
if say in a hundred years, my I guess my great grandchildren or whatever the hell now takes over the company, now they can't make any money because some other bozo can fucking just go ahead and make whatever they want on it because they no longer have the property rights. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, it's interesting, but it, it is crazy to think that you don't have permanent uh, withholding of a certain franchise, which then also means, like, what about companies like WWF? Like, the Hogan character. It's been 40 years, so in another 60, anybody could be Hulk Hogan, brother? Yep. That's currently the rules, yeah. I mean, unless you find a way to extend that, or they just stay... They just just never go public domain. Hmm. Because if that's the case, then that's going to really open a whole can of worms. Because, wait, what about the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales? What if, you know, the family, if they're still around, want to keep the rights to that? Mm. You know, what, then, what about Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? What about Bram Stoker's Dracula? What about, you know? But then... What about the Greek mythology? Another issue is... All the stuff that did become public domain that were used publicly, what does it mean for them if they did decide to turn this around and say, no, now there's no longer public domain shit? What does that mean for all the other... Like, one of the movies we reviewed, the Winnie the Pooh... Horror movie. What what comes of that? Does that now all of a sudden all the proceedings just go to the original property owner? Or does it cease to be because, hey, now we've changed the law and so now it only can be made by a certain group of people? Or does it just anything after this law is made? It, it becomes a real messy situation when you think about it, if it ever came to pass. Yeah, it'll be very messy. I, w- I would have to assume anything after once is official. You can't do nothing unless you get their blessing. Mm. But yeah, that sounds like a messy situation if you were to try to extend it or try to abolish it as a whole. Nintendo must be shitting themselves because in about 60 years, they're going to have to wonder what are they going to do with Mario? Well, yeah, let's see. No Soratu's public domain. Another couple years, some like Warner Brothers is, I think, what's that? All that jazz? One of their mm. original, one of the first movies that introduced sound is going to be public domain. Another 10 years, a lot of Three Stooges shorts are going to be public domain. Lauren Hardy's going to be public domain. Charlie Chaplin, public domain. I think Charlie Chaplin is public domain. Yeah, that a lot of this stuff already is. Same with Buster Keaton. Yeah, because the Tramp character was made in 1914, I think. Yeah. So that shit should already be public domain. But heading over to our next news stories, comedian Ricky Gervais. I've oh. always heard his stand-ups. He's uh, gotten into some controversial over, a, well, they released a clip for his new stand-up that's dropping on Christmas Day, titled Armageddon. And he does a, he does like a little skit on, on Make-A-Wish. I, I think in one, in one, in the clip, <laughs> this yeah. thing chuckle out of me. He's, you know, you know, you have to little wake, 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 Make-A-Wish kid, you go to the little kid, hey, Baldy, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> It's humor. I I didn't know that was the one that got him hit. I thought it was the other joke where he basically said, "All these kids ask for me to to come to their place, uh, and I say yes. I automatically say yes. But the one thing I say is, don't you wish you want to get better? Like, oh my God, are are you fucking? Uh, what, what's the word he used? Oh, we can't use it, but it's uh, a <clears throat> retarded. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was the one. Yep. Yeah, we got to stop with this fucking shit, man. Like, dude. Oh, my God. With these. Oh, we can't say this word. We can't say this word. It's it's ridiculous. It's a shit rolling downhill type of deal because people are just so out of whack when it comes to what vocabulary can or cannot be said. We're literally anybody who started off saying we can't say the word quote unquote retarded don't realize that this is the type of shit that led us to you can only use these types of pronouns. And if you don't uh, use these pronouns for me, then you're a, a freaking transphobic bigot. Comedy in comedians are the type of guys that push the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Going to say things that's going to touch, that's going to hurt people's feelings, that's going to be offensive, but that's what makes them a stand-up comic. In the end, it's all a joke. It's all for fun. God damn, it's all satire. Yeah, he and- even said moments after he made that joke, guys. You know, it's just a joke. Yeah, the when fact- I'm on stage, I'm playing a character. I'm oh, playing an ex- exaggerated version of myself. That bothered me. Because it's like... Oh, that bothered you that he had to explain that? Yes. Why does he have to explain it? Why does he have to explain it so that he doesn't get canceled and he's about to be canceled anyways? It's ridiculous. The fact that somebody now has to explain the joke so that nobody gets too uh, ruffled up because somebody made a uh, very offensive joke. Like... <sighs> I remember, I remember a while ago, somebody made a joke to me. And keep in mind, I'm, I don't know if people know this on the podcast. I'm Polish. I usually am Polish because my last name is Polish. I know uh, most of my Polish side comes from my dad. But somebody once told me the joke. Why did Hitler commit suicide? Because he finally got his gas bill. <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to sit here and be like all wound up because I had Polish ancestors that were in Auschwitz that were burned in in those big ovens? Like, come the fuck on. At the end of the day, it's humor. You can either enjoy the humor and laugh along or not enjoy the humor and move the fuck along. Why is it that now, because you don't like it, no one else should like it? That never run right with me. And, and here's the thing. It's not like this show is for kids. It's for adults who are mature enough to understand if they will or will not like certain material. It's not like we're indoctrinating kids in this special like you do with those fucking special books that you want to put in kids' libraries. You heard about that new that kid show that were on, on Netflix that is like making the rounds some show called like coco melon or some shit whatever there's a scene where like a child is like work- dancing in a dress and it's being encouraged by their two dads to keep doing it or to do it like keep dancing and this <laughs> this is this is a kid show that's made for like two-year-olds coco melon coco melon oak melon whatever the hell it's called it's some kid show on netflix and I think it says, like, on episode 8 is when that, that scene, this little child is, like, dancing, and then it puts on a dress, and it has two it has two dads, of course. And they're, like, encouraging, they're, like, singing, encouraging the child to put the dress on and start dancing because it makes them happy. They're coming after your kids, folks! 
this is what it is. It's like, it's a fight to indoctrinate kids. It's, oh my god. They want to ban all this material for anybody because it is deemed too offensive, but it's freaking genius and okay to indoctrinate kids with LGBT referenced material. It, it's, it blows your mind. Like, there's a photo. There really is a photo of, and it's satire, but it's kind of true at the same time. It's a mother grabbing a kid, and the kid is looking backwards, and he sees a tattoo parlor. And the mother says, no, that's too permanent. Meanwhile, she's taking the kid to uh, gender transforming therapy or whatever, where they're going to get their genitals uh, morphed. Like, do you not see the hypocrisy there? Yeah, I remember that picture, yeah. Yeah, it's it's the world we live in today. It's become it's it's idiocracy. Dude, George Carlin, I think said it best. This is the fucking three ring circus, and we're just front row for it. Fortunately, yeah. But the last news story I have before we head to our film review, there is rumors of a mer of a major merger between Warner Brothers and Paramount Pictures. Look at all these rumors around me every day. Apparently, there's been discussion. There's been a meeting with David Zasloff and the CEO of Paramount about a possible merger to the point, I guess, where uh, Warner would buy out Paramount. Now, because remember a while back, I brought up, I remember we talked about Warner Brothers and Universal possibly coming together. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying that the reason Warner is doing this is just so they, it's just to impress Universal or something. Or maybe. Or, that's something to do with Universal. You see, obviously, Paramount's not doing too well with their Paramount Plus app. They're oh. in debt. Surprise, surprise. Which app is doing well? It seems like they're all doing bad. Yeah, I guess Netflix is probably doing the best, and they're not doing too great themselves. But a runner-up behind Netflix is actually HBO Max. It seems like, because they're saying right now, HBO Max is doing just enough to break even. Hmm. So it seems like Warner is figuring it out how to do that in the app business. They're doing a lot better than Disney and, and Paramount. Like I said, I don't know the answer because you created a very convenient um, method for people to consume content. And nobody's going to want to go back to the old ways. You And you can't go back to the old ways. You just can't. It's not palpable. You have to go forward. And unfortunately, streaming is the way forward. And unfortunately as well, you created a... Uh, ecosystem of different things where it's not profitable. You haven't figured out a way to make it profitable. So, I mean, if um, if this merger does happen, that could mean Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon will be under one umbrella, which means they could do crossovers together. That also means Warner Brother will own the rights to Dora the Explorer, GI Joe, the Teenage Ninja Turtles. Star Trek, Terminator, Paw Patrol, SpongeBob, Yellowstone, Transformers, Mission Impossible, Avatar The Last Airbender, Airbender, Paranormal Activity Franchise, and of course, The Godfather. Interesting. All under one giant Warner Brothers Discovery. Yeah, I got nothing. (laughs) And I I I don't know how to feel about this. I'm like, because I mean, I don't want to see another major... Another major studio go away. I mean, we already lost 20th Century Fox. Yeah. Because it's like, so Paramount goes away. That means we're, we're only going to have three major studios left. 
Disney, Warner, and Universal. It's like what George Carlin says. It's it, it, Everything just keeps shrinking in choice. You're no longer going to have that many choices, and now it's going to be dominated by three. The thing is, is that a lot of companies... I'm not sure if it's exactly the... If this is a proven science, but... I think companies usually thrive better when there's multiple companies that they have to compete against. Well, yeah. yes. there's, when there's alternatives, yeah. And the customer wins because now they've got a whole array of alternatives they can go to. They don't like one, there's another. This was an issue back in the day with pro wrestling when WCW and ECW went out of business because then it was just the WWE and there was no competition. There was nothing on TV that you can watch that was different or offered an alternative. So you were just stuck with this one company. And it also sucked for the people working in the wrestling business because, hey, if you left WWE, there was nowhere to go. Yeah, it's like, it's like only drinking one brand of soda. It's just, yeah. just, just Coke. There's no Pepsi. There's no Pepsi. There's no uh, Dr. Pepper. There's no... I don't know if Mountain Dew is considered a Coke product, but it's hard to say because now some of these products are either Coke or Pepsi related. So if you mentioned Sprite, they're a Coke product. If you mention Starry, it's a Pepsi product. But yeah, there's other sodas out there. There's A&W root beer. There's a uh, cream soda. Yeah, there's whatever all... local soda is at like your supermarket because they kind of have like their own brands too. Unless yeah. you try those. But yeah, just imagine if Coke was the only one to exist. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah, I mean, of course, with if they were, they would also get the rights to BET. They would get the rights to MTV. They finally get MTV back after 40 years. You may not know that. Warner Bros. created MTV, and they, and they ended up selling it to Paramount because of the uh, Atari crisis in the early mm. 80s. Because of the failure that ET gave. Yeah, that's true. That nearly killed the gaming industry, pretty much. Yeah, that, I mean, that was it was really bad, and Warner was really hurt by that. Yeah. Wasn't until Mario came along and fixed the gaming industry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they get MTV, BET, they get Comedy Central, and then they could finally get all the rights to South Park. Shit. Yeah. That'd be a lot. There is a lot. Give us some butthead, too. That's an interesting one because, be, uh, according to Mike Judge, he owns fifty percent of it. So, well, at least, yeah, at least, yeah. I mean, he'll just have to share the other fifty with, I guess, with Warner, just Dis- Warner Paramount Discovery. I guess that'll be the new brand title if it goes through. But right now, this is early stages. Um, if anything else ha- happens, we'll keep you guys updated. But yeah, that's what's happening now, and that's just crazy. Yeah, just all these mergers. Just, I don't know. I'm not really crazy about them because, as you said, there's not one successful one. Yeah, imagine that. Paramount Pictures, a Warner Brothers company. Oh, boy. Well, today's film we got is Deadly Games, or Dow Code Santa Claus, or 3615 Code. Pierre Noel. Noel. Yes. Yeah, this we, film has multiple titles to it. Yeah. I mean, it's a French movie. Cock sick 
On Christmas Eve, a resourceful young boy has to defend himself and his grandfather from a killer dressed as Santa Claus. This film came out in 1989, one year prior to the release of the American Christmas classic Home Alone. Some many people have felt that Home Alone is was heavily inspired by the concept of this film. Was it John? I know someone on Home Alone has said like, no. We this like we we never saw we were never aware this film existed. Oh, but, but the writer and director Renee Manzor Manzor accused Home Alone to be a plagiarized version of this movie and even threatened legal action against his producers. And honestly, had he got through with it, I think he could. I think he could have won. Really? I he think really... he's not the case here. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? Dude, the, the, there was so many differences that Home Alone was able to differentiate. Like, I, I did see some of the similarities, but they were so small. It wasn't even close. Because, for starters, yes, the whole premise of this movie is that it's a horror movie, and the kid has to be outmatched, and the, the guy that's going after them has to be more... Uh, vicious whereas in home alone it's a family movie so the kids got to be a lot more charming the traps are way more plentiful than they were here and the traps were funny it was slapstick well, yeah, and, that was their approach to it yeah yeah the, the whole in the whole entire premise of the kid being home alone in home alone had an interesting twist now you do home alone today it wouldn't work because with the advent of cell phones as somebody pointed out, if Kevin was left home, all he had to do is just pull out his cell phone and be able to text his mom while she's on the plane. So it kind of defeats the purpose. So Home Alone was the movie for its time. But in the case of this movie, this isn't a situation of a kid being left home alone by mistake. The premise of this movie is as follows. Kid on Christmas Eve is at home with his grandfather is established that his dad had died somewhere prior to the events of this film. I don't think they ever disclosed how he died, but they alluded to the fact that he is no longer alive. The mother is going out to work on Christmas Eve, but what is her exact job? She's a stock market? No, she's the CEO of this toy company. She's a CEO, but there was a joke made there of her buying stocks. Because somebody's stocks was down, so she should buy some. Um. So, anyways, so well, the story with this film, the reason it kind of came back into the spotlight, the movie came out in '89. Mm-hmm. It did okay. It, it, I mean, it's a French movie. It, it wasn't distributed worldwide. It was just kind of like a film just made for its country, and then it just kind of disappeared. It disappeared mm-hmm. for about a good, almost 25 years. Until someone got a hold of it, showed it at a at a theater in Texas, yeah. and then people were like, "Oh my God, this is actually a pretty damn fun movie!" Like, I mean, clearly it was a film. I guess you could say it was ahead of its time. And before we know it, word of mouth came around came around this film, and everyone kind of and they started making Blu-rays of it, and, and then it got, garnered a whole new audience. They have the nerve to say that Home Alone stole the whole entire premise from this but yet one of the songs that opens up in this movie sounded like eye of the tiger 
But it was I think it was like a, a yeah, it's like a, a French version of it. The person was singing in English, though. I think there were some songs in here that were in English. Well, no, the Bonnie Tyler Christmas song was English. Yeah, there, there was a couple tunes. I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds like English. Oh yeah, was I this... think like, there was like a cover of um, what's that song from uh, CCR? Midnight Special. I've heard like a cover version of that in this movie as well. I don't yeah. know if it's a cover version because I tried playing it on my uh, Shazam app and they couldn't recognize it. Yeah, I'm wondering if this was made just for the American audiences when it was transferred. And in the original French version, they just had a French song. I don't know. But anyways, mother's going out to work. So the kid's got to stay home with his grandfather who's uh, partially blind and a diabetic. And then, meanwhile, there's this creepy guy that keeps lurking around. And it's weird, because it sounds like there was internet in the days. Because this kid's on his computer communicating with quote-unquote Santa Claus. Yeah, this is like the very early stages of the internet. I don't know. I mean, some, I don't know if this was a thing in the United States around this time. If this existed... I went online to look, and it says that the internet was technically invented in 1983, but the internet was distributed for worldwide public release to be used by normal people like you and I around 1991 to about 1993. So, this is 1989, but like, where, where the fuck am I? This just seems way too new for me to absorb because it was kind of like telling us the idea that you shouldn't communicate with strangers on the internet I'm like I always interpreted that as more of a recent thing more like the late 90s as an issue that should be tackled with young kids using the internet but whatever kid with his friend is contacting Santa because he has this idea that Santa isn't real because his friend said that his parents said that they weren't real and the mother's trying to convince him no he's real the thing is, is that his parents told him he isn't real because he's been bad, and so they have to buy Carson's for him or whatever. Well, yeah, well, before you get to that, um, of course, when the film starts, it's, it starts with kids playing, having a snowball fight in the streets. And then we get introduced to this guy. I'm going to assume that he's mentally not all there. I feel like he still has the mind of a child trapped in a adult body because when he tries to play with the kids... All the kids basically just scatter and run. I guess they're all just kind of creeped out like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know. And then that's it with him. Then we get introduced to our protagonist, Thomas, who's, by the way, played by the director's son. Yeah. And keep in mind, there's no real backstory to this creepy guy other than the two scenes. You got that there. And then later on, he tries to get a job as a mall Santa. And he does get the job. And he's sitting there. He's not really talking to anybody. He's just sitting there doing the whole smiling thing. And then one kid sits on his lap and basically says, you're not the real Santa. I don't like you. And then pulls the fake beard down. He gets so mad, slaps her across the face. And that's what gets her to lose her job or lose his job. And yeah, the mother uh, leading, leading to that scene, the mother, as uh, soon as she had progress with her son, because she noticed... Her son is slowly starting to not believe in Santa Claus. That's when she went to her job. She had that meeting. Listen, we really got to... We we need more Christmas. 
Christmassy around here. Get more Santas. I want to, you know, we got. I don't want kids to stop believing in Santa Claus because then it's gonna hurt our business. And that's how that guy that basically got hired as Santa. He got hired on the spot, really, without them doing any background check on him. Yeah. And then seeing that happen, that's when he starts to slowly lose his mind. But also keep in mind too that the Santa that the kid Thomas in the beginning that was interacting with, trying to confirm it was him wasn't that the, the creepy guy using some sort of weird public domain uh yeah some weird internet thing yes he was talking to him that's how he got his address yes that's, yeah and of course the kid lives in like in a fucking castle it seems like he he dressed up as rambo because obviously rambo was the hot thing in the 80s and look i mean look at that representation yeah it's all about characters, not about genders, not about skin color. Boring! As the movie goes on, the guy, the crazy guy, he eventually... Uh, he broke. hopped into a van, I guess uh, the company yeah. was going to uh, deliver Christmas presents. Yeah, he kills him. He kills him, yep. Steals his Santa suit, or, or I guess he never took his Santa suit off when he was fired. Yeah. And he, and he takes a van and goes to the house where uh, little Rambo Thomas is living. And Thomas has cameras set up throughout the entire house because he wants to capture Santa so he can show his friend that Santa is real. By the way, uh, on, you know, on his spare time, uh, Thomas is also a mechanic. He, he works on, on his fast car while his grandpa, I guess, just watches him. This yeah. is pretty freaking awesome. Well, up until when everything starts to go to shit, but that's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. um, so... Yeah, he helps fix the car and all that stuff. He he's supposed to be a highly intelligent kid, <clears throat> and so there's one point he's hiding underneath the table, and then he sees the boots of Santa Claus, and he's all excited. But then his dog, who earlier in the film we kind of see an element of Home Alone where he's playing Rambo and he has this weird door trap on the floor that opens up. As the dog is coming to him and he and the dog falls right through onto a net. Anyways, so obviously he has a love connection to this dog, but this dog starts to see the stranger in the house and starts going after and bites him, bites him, bites him. And while it's all going on, Thomas is underneath, like saying, quiet, quiet, like don't do anything. Then of course, this evil Santa takes the sharp object and stabs the dog right in the throat, killing the dog. So, obviously, that freaks him out. And now, the whole movie, pretty much for the most part, is a chase scene. With the whole entire castle. So, he has to, because it's literally him trying to protect his grandfather. There's one part where they go through the garage to go into that car that they just fixed, but it won't start. The evil Santa is, like, right in front of their face. He's trying to rev this engine up and he can't get it. He eventually does, but then doesn't want to run the guy over. And then it stops running again. Crazy guy smashes his head through the window. They have to run away. And I'm going to make this point here because there's one point because there's a lot of like secret rooms. And then he ends up in this one room where it's just a bunch of toys. Mm -hmm. And he says that this room is his dad's toys and his dad's dad's toys or some shit like that 
Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. His dad's dead because this grandfather is supposed to be his grandfather on his mother's side. So he said, yeah, this was a room that nobody knows about. It was only for me and my dad. The second I saw this room, you wouldn't know this, but this reminded me of Hogwarts Legacy. Where <laughs> there's, a, there's a scene where you're supposed to go into a special room where I forget her name, but it's Mrs. Weasley. Supposed to be an ancestor of Ron Weasley. Who brings you into this room where you're supposed to use your imagination to form it into any way you want. But when you first go in there, it's just like, shelves and books and all these random statues and all that stuff if you ever play the game you'll know exactly what i'm talking about it's a pretty interesting scene that's what this room reminded me of it's just a bunch of it, it, it literally looks like the scene in that rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh, claymation or stop motion with, with the island of misfit toys that's what this fucking room was but um yeah he leaves his grandfather there because it's the only room that he knows about. And of course, there's like a big chasing. There's one where he's standing on top of the roof. He's screaming for his mom. His mom is on the way home trying to contact them, calling them on the uh, cell phone. They're not answering. Uh, what is it? Her boyfriend, I guess, that works at the job is trying to call them from the office. Yeah, he's yeah. a boyfriend slash assistant. And I thought I thought he was going to be like the jerk boyfriend in the movie. But it turns out, no, he's all right. No, he's not a prick. He's, it's just that he's replacing the father, and of course the kid is not ready to replace his father. Yeah. Well, that's usually the case. So anyways, there was also a fax that he sends out to his friend and um, to that stepfather saying, yo, my grandfather and I are in trouble. And there's one point where the friend does stop by and sees the kill, and he's like, no, just run away. And he leaves on his bike and the killer chases him and loses track of him, and I don't think we ever see him again. No, the friend got away. That uh, he's and the fact that he was able to ride his bike like that in the snow. Yeah. Got some damn. It's his his leg muscles. We never never skip leg day, folks. Yeah, seriously. But we never saw him again. And obviously, there's a point where the guy stabs the kid in the leg. So now he's like limping. To one point where they all the grandfather hides into the statue. Yeah, he hides in the uh, the that knight armor, and, it, and he's basically left in there for the rest of the movie, which is pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because he needs insulin because he's diabetic. But yeah, and eventually we start to see the Home Alone tropes. So there's one point yeah. where he he does okay. set him in that same trap that the dog was in. Uh, there's one uh, where he locks him into a what is that a boiler room of sorts yeah something like that not yeah uh, yeah and eventually the kid decides I, I gotta stop this guy at all costs so he sets up a, a device on him to track him throughout the whole movie and I forgot what traps that he oh, he had the the string obviously well no, the first thing was he shot out a uh, nerf gun bullet at him that was on flames uh then he made him trip on something uh that and oh it, he tripped on something that it triggered darts to go right through his neck which he no sold uh i forgot what other traps that were but yeah there was a big chase scene outside um I'm trying to remember how we get to the point where oh yeah there was a gun that there was one point where he gets into a police car to try and get away but 
the killer ends up in the back seat and then they crash. Kid gets a hold of the gun and shoots him in the stomach. And keep in mind, like, we still don't know this guy's motives other than that he's just crazy. Never gets really explicitly told. But eventually, yeah, he starts crawling back to the house and has to give his grandfather the insulin. Otherwise, the grandfather is just going to die. The grandfather lives. Killer comes back in. And I think the grandfather is the one that shoots him dead. Yes, and it was the grandfather got the final kill, yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, mother and the boyfriend come in, see the whole uh, atrocity in front of them, and then the mother tries to comfort Thomas, and that was pretty much the end. Um, it was okay. It was okay? It was all right. I was, I, I was, what? I liked it. It was, it was all right. This this is like my third viewing of the film, by the way, at this point. Because my first viewing, I was like, it was all right. I thought it dragged a bit, even though it's it's not a long movie. It's like under ninety minutes. But I watch it a second time and a third time. I'm like, okay, I'm you know I'm starting getting the hang of it. And eh, I don't know if I'll watch it again. It it wasn't horrible, but to say this was like plagiarism on Home Alone's behalf is just completely stretching it. Yes, there's inspiration. But to say it completely plagiarized it, this, we're not talking about the songs, uh, This Means War from Avengers Sevenfold. That clearly steals the melody from Sad But True from Metallica. Clear as that. And the wordplay as well. But this is just like, it, yes, inspiration is key. And, and why they want to sue, because at the end of the day, what is the old saying? Um, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Why are you so upset that these people were inspired to make Home Alone? I don't think he was that upset. I think he meant it more in a jokingly way. Oh, I could have sued him. Uh, oh. I, I think I think IMDb worded it like he was actually upset. But when uh, Joe Bob Briggs made it, the director made it like, you know, Haha, I should like sue those guys. Okay. Interesting. All right. But yeah, uh, realistically, it was all right. It just from 1989 because yeah, the Home Alone franchise really wasn't a thing, so I can't really blame them for it. I feel like there weren't enough traps, and to be honest, the Home Alone idea works better as a family comedy slapstick because obviously this is supposed to be a horror film, so obviously you don't want it to be too slapstick unless you want it to be a comedy horror. But I just felt like. I don't know, the, the killer itself, yeah, he was a little deranged, but I don't know. There was barely any motive, and this wasn't like a Michael Myers type of character where there was a mystery to him. There's just some creepy guy. Oh yeah, he goes, we don't know where he came from, we don't know anything about him. He speaks very, well, I mean, the only time you ever really spoke, he was doing a Santa's lap with the little girl. Oh. And I mean, he's clearly not all there. He shouldn't be wandering the streets. I mean, he slapped a child for crying out loud. And of course, yeah. he's going to go through all this just to, just to like play the role of Santa Claus because he likes being around children. Not yeah. not necessarily sexualize them, but he just likes to be around them because he just likes kids playing with them. He, he just likes that idea. He's, he's got the mind of a child. Yeah, he's got the mind of a child, and when he doesn't get his way, he snaps. 
He's like um, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. He's a child in an adult's body. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. But then again, is he really because this guy became a murderous psychopath because he kills two people on the way to the house and then he kills a dog? Yeah. I was going to say, is this the first time a dog was killed in cinema? But I forgot that the Halloween movies kind of beat them to it. Um, but yeah. I mean, this is the closest we get to a dog death on screen. That's maybe, true. maybe some another movie may have beaten them before that. But you know, what? I can't remember who said that. Was it David Cronenberg says never kill a dog on screen? I mean, never have your your good guy kill an animal, especially a dog on screen, because then that's when you lose the audience. But it's a bad guy doing it. That's different. Well, I think we saw it in Home uh, we saw it in Halloween because Michael Myers smothers the dog to death on screen. Yeah. Just this one was just more graphic because he sticks a sharp object in his throat. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but what if the dog is an evil dog? Like the dog's in Resident Evil. Well, this dog was nowhere like any of the dogs in Resident Evil. Well, obviously. It's obviously trying to illustrate that this dog was a lovable dog. So, yeah, killing it. playing with Thomas in the beginning. Falling through the trap in the door. Oh, you silly dog. You felt for it again. Yeah. That was his his little buddy. Yeah. Oh, you got to say it like Big Show and Jingle All the Way. Little buddy. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, oh... I didn't hate this movie. I just didn't love it either. Where, where, where are your thumbs? They're in the middle. Because it wasn't terrible. It wasn't for me. It was not a drag per se. I was just like, meh. This is a movie I couldn't see myself watching again. By the way, was he? Was Thomas wearing a power glove? I don't think so. Maybe an iteration of it. It looked like he was wearing. Because obviously, because we forgot to mention this, but when Santa first came in, he. He put the house on lockdown with his glove. And when mm-hmm. Santa messed up his glove, that's that's when he locked him in the boiler room, but the glove was broken, which is why he couldn't get out of the house. And when, when he finally did get out of the house, that's when Santa broke out of the boiler room, and then we had to all the chase scenes outside. Yeah. And plus, he can't really go anywhere because it's a freaking blizzard outside. And he's Oops. running around barefooted, so I can imagine. And, oh, and he buried his dog! This movie came out in 89, so I think it was around the same time that The Wizard came out, where that stupid kid had to say, I love the power glove. It's so bad. (laughs) I I, I guess it's around that time. Yeah, because NES was kind of winding down, and then we were getting to the SNES, so could be. Um, But, yeah, overall okay it's i don't see this on either of my list of top 10 or bottom 10 at all it's gonna be one of those movies that come 50 episodes from now if i mention hey let's watch this movie you're gonna tell me we did this movie already we did when that's what it's last year buddy yeah because there was one point where i talked about black christmas and we like yeah we reviewed the original i'm like we did and it took me a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did. Well, I like the movie. I recommend it. It's, it's again, it's nothing crazy. It's nothing special. But I think it's a nice, fun little gem. It's currently streaming on Shutter for anyone who wants to check it out. It has multiple titles. Deadly Games, Dial Code Santa Claus, 
Type in one of those, you'll find it. Yeah, and just keep in mind, it is in French, so you're going to have to read subtitles. Yes, it is in French. It's not a hard movie to follow. You're you're not watching, um, I don't know, what's a what's a complicated movie? You're not watching Inception in French. You're not watching Life is Beautiful, which is an Italian movie. There you go. Look at you stretching your foreign movie skills there. Well, I was taken to see that movie back when it came out in 98, so I remember it. Hmm. And that was basically my first introduction to uh, films with subtitles. Probably seeing that movie at the time helped me a lot, because if you see it at nine, yeah, so it helped me be able to watch movies with subtitles. There you go. At a young age, too, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, I would say thumbs in the middle. You want to watch it? Go ahead. But I don't envision myself watching this again. Well, that's gonna. This probably this is gonna be our last Christmas movie, Christmas horror of the year, because yeah, because Christmas is uh, this weekend. Also, oh, we're not gonna do one next week just to close it out. We're we gonna do a New Year's movie. Well, let's see, because right now we're kind of in the middle because we could save the New Year's. We could do a New Year's next week, I guess. Yeah, we could. Okay. We'll probably do the remake of Terra Train, which I think is on Tubi. We did the original one last year with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, that I do remember. There's not much to remember from that movie, so it's pretty bland. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And that's going to do it for this episode. Happy holidays, everyone. Now I'm going to say it. Merry Christmas! Uh, what is it? Happy birthday! Feliz Navidad!